Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Over the last few years, one of the more interesting issues that you've heard in your mediated conversation is around the kind of policy government should follow around smoking and cigarettes. At the moment, as you know, there's a huge amount of tax on cigarettes. And that's how you know that if you pay less than 40 rand a box for 20 cigarettes, you're buying illegal cigarettes. But it's also why there's such a big illicit cigarette industry. More and more people are now vaping. They're feeding their tobacco addiction through vaping. Next month, a new tax of 2 rand 90 a milliliter is to be imposed on nicotine and non-nicotine vape juice. As I understand it, a lot of smokers who normally smoke 10 cigarettes a day will use around half a milliliter of vape juice a day. To put it another way, for one milliliter, that would be about two days. This means that depending on the amount of vape juice being bought, it could basically double the price that you pay to vape. But is it the right amount? Is it enough? And is this the right policy? So we were expecting this morning to be joined by, from the organization, Vaping Saved My Life, one of their representatives. Unfortunately, we've just received a message that they've been hit by very bad load shedding. They were able to get the message through, but unable to join us for your mediated conversation this morning. So let me start this morning's mediator conversation with an apology. This conversation is not going to be as balanced as we would have liked. However, we are being joined by Professor Corne van Wilbeek, a professor in the School of the Economics at the University of Cape Town. He studies the results of excise and tax on things like smoking. And Dr. Sharon Inyatsanza from the National Council Against Smoking is the Deputy Director. We start then your mediated conversation this morning with Professor Corne van Velkbeek. Professor, good morning and thank you for your time this morning. Yes, it's good to be on your show. Thank you. Um, there are a few things, and I hope you don't mind if you're able to fill in a moment for us, because we had expected a representative from Vaping Save My Life this morning. There are just a couple of technical things I'd like to get through. Firstly, vapor juice, I'm presuming, is the thing that you put in your vape, I don't know what you call it, device, your vapor, to actually smoke. Without that, it doesn't work. It doesn't give you the nicotine. Is that right? Absolutely. And that vape juice consists of um, uh, some ingredients, um, but a technical so it would have been great to have the vape industry present the product. But basically, it's a like coal, and it's got a lot of um, ingredients in that, including in some instances, it's got nicotine uh, in there in various um, uh, concentrations. So uh, you can get relatively light nicotine, and you can get relatively heavy nicotine concentrations. The highest that we're aware of is 5%, which uh, 50 milligrams per milliliter of nicotine that is included in the product itself. Uh, and um, of course, vaping uh, devices are very, very heterogeneous. There are so-called open systems. There are systems. The open systems are the ones where it then adds in the vape juice. The closed systems are uh, where they are bought with the um, uh, uh, we're, and what we're, we're battling, unfortunately, to hear Professor Corne van Velpiek, uh, the professor at the School of Economics at the University of Cape Town. I'm afraid to say um, it would appear, and I uh, had thought that this day would one day come, that issues around load shedding and connectivity would catch up with us it, uh, at, uh, on, on a mediated conversation. I think Professor van Velpiek uh, with us now. Professor, uh, uh, he's joining us by another means. Professor, good morning. You're back with us. Great. Are you hearing me better? Yes, thank you very much indeed. You were telling us that there are different systems that you can use with vape juice. Some of them are closed and some of them are open. I don't even know what that means. Okay, so an open system is where you buy a device and then you separately buy the juice. You can get these uh, canisters in 10 millimeter, uh, 
10 milliliters, 20 milliliters, up to, I think, 100 milliliters. And basically what you do is you fill up your tank and that then uh, uh, goes into your open system. Once it has been consumed, you then add it up again and so on. A closed system, from my understanding, is um, uh, you've got uh, disposable. So you buy the product, the vape juice is inside. Once the vape juice has, uh, is depleted, you throw the whole unit away. And there are a number of uh, these products on the market. Uh, closed systems don't allow you to be able to mix your own vapor juice and to add it into the product itself. And then I I know that people buy 10 cigarettes, 20 cigarettes. Sometimes you get bigger boxes, you get cartons. How do the how do the amounts work when it comes to vape juice? Do you buy one milliliter of the stuff? Do you buy 10? So um, if you go onto a vaping website, you would often find that you can buy them in 10 milliliters or 20 milliliters. Uh, from what I've read, you can also buy them in, in bulk in 100 milliliter uh, containers. And um, yeah, uh, that only then applies to the open systems where you would then add in the uh, vape juice into the device itself. Okay. And without the vape juice, those systems don't work. They need the vape juice to work to get the nicotine. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, I want to also just mention there are uh, juices that officially do not contain nicotine, whether that is absolutely true or not, I can't verify, but they get advertised as containing non uh, or, or no nicotine. They are sometimes known as electronic, electronic non-nicotine um, um, systems. Okay. Um, so then, as I understand it, the new tax is going to be two rand ninety cents a liter. What impact does that have? A milliliter. A milliliter. Thank you. Yes, a milliliter. What impact does that have on the price? How significant is that compared to the price of vape juice at the moment? So that's a very difficult uh, question to answer. So uh, according to um, the vaping industry, if you buy a bottle of 100 milliliters for 200 rand, uh, I've never seen that, but that was what was quoted in um, uh, by the vaping industry. That, of course, would have a very significant impact on the um, uh, uh, on the price of these products. Uh, if you go onto a vaping website, you typically find that the volumes they're being advertised is in the order of uh, 20 milliliters, and the prices vary between just shy of 100 rand to about 130, 140 rand. So you can work out what is the amount of uh, rands that you pay per milliliter of vape juice at that point in time. If you're going to add 2 rand 90 to that, uh, it's going to have a significant impact. So let's just quickly do the numbers. If it's a 20 milliliter um, container, and currently it's going for 120 rand, if you are now including the excise tax at 2 rand 90 per milliliter times 20, that's going to give you uh, 58 rand of additional uh, price that's going to go on top of the 120 rand. So the impact on the price is substantial, but it's not necessarily going to even double the price. It will probably increase the price by in the order of about 50% for many products. However, there are some products, especially those that are popular with children, uh, where you buy a, a disposable there's only three or five milliliters of vape juice in that disposable. That disposable is selling in the order of 100 rand. So the excise tax that will be coming on top of the um, normal price will only be somewhere between 9 rand and 15 rand for such a disposable device. So there the impact is going to be very, very limited, and we have a problem with that. Okay, you believe the tax should be higher, as I understand it. Why do you believe that? 
So specifically what we are um, wanting uh, to um, propose is that the excise tax should have a minimum amount uh, per device or per container. So for instance, this uh, disposable device that I was talking about, uh, if the excise tax is going to be between 9 Rand and 15 Rand for a device on a price of about 100 Rand, you're going to find that that's going to have a very limited impact on the consumption because people will just probably bear the additional price. So our ad, uh, advice is that if you want to have an impact, especially on the disposables, you would want to have a minimum excise tax of 50 Rand per unit, whether that is a container, whether that is a disposable, whether that is um, a, a, any other form in which you can buy the uh, vape juice, that would be our advice. Well, and, and that was our strong recommendation. Okay, there are people who argue that vaping shouldn't be taxed at all. We should keep the price low to get people to move off cigarettes and onto vaping because vaping is not as bad for you as cigarettes. How do you respond to that argument? Yeah, that's a, a very uh, often heard argument. Um, if we have a look at what's happened to uh, cigarettes since they were invented in the 1880s, in the 1880s, cigarettes were invented. They became popular during the First World War. They became even more popular, especially amongst women, after the First World War. And um, uh, there was a huge increase where, in some instances, up to 80% of a particular population, like, for instance, men in the Netherlands, were smoking cigarettes. It was only in the 1930s and the 1940s, in other words, between 50 and 60 years after these products were invented, that... Uh, the studies were coming out saying this is really not a very good product and this is a product that's going to cause you lung cancer, heart disease and all the rest of it. So the point is that it took a very long time for cigarettes to be identified as being very, very harmful. And they are very, very harmful. It was only in 1962 when the um, Royal College of Physicians published their report. In other words, 82 years after the invention of cigarettes that it was uh, unanimously and unambiguously shown that cigarettes are bad for health. That's a very, very long period for uh, these, uh, for, for a very important finding to be uh, generally accepted. The point that I'm making is that from an epidemiological point of view, it takes very long for um, scientists to determine whether a product is a good or a harmful product. It took 80 years for uh, cigarettes. At the moment, we are not expecting it to take so long to work out whether uh, e-cigarettes are harmful. Toxicologically, they are less harmful than cigarettes. In other words, if you look at the ingredients, you will find that the ingredients of e-cigarettes are clearly less harmful than the ingredients of um, normal cigarettes. However, from a epidemiological perspective, it's going to take a very long time for all these effects to work itself out into the population, and for epidemiologists to uh, epidemiolog epidemiologists, sorry, to be able to um, work out what is the impact of e-cigarette use on um, uh, uh, on on the users. So the point that um, most medical people would make is let's take the precautionary approach let's be careful and not endorse something that is in fact a very um an unknown product at this moment in time and of which the effects are not very well known we know that high taxes on cigarettes have led to an illicit industry in cigarettes and we've seen that grow over the last few years 
Does the same thing happen with vape juice? I mean, if you put the cost up, are you going to have some sort of illicit industry? Are people going to go to places where they can buy it more cheaply and bring it here? Um, that's a good question. And the answer is, at this moment in time, we don't know. Uh, so in the U.S., uh, there have been uh, instances where people have gone and made their own vape juice, uh, sometimes with disastrous consequences. So the, uh, the deaths that are attributable to e-cigarettes in the U.S. are often as a result of people uh, doing their own thing and making their own juices, etc. So uh, that is an additional danger. Uh, of course, the um, the intuition suggests that there could be an increase in the uh, illicit market, or rather in the, the homemade market for these types of products, also in the illicit market. Uh, the industry, as far as I'm hearing at the moment, is not making that type of uh, argument to say that the illicit market is going to increase. Of course, they would probably uh, argue that, but the evidence for that at this moment in time is certainly not very strong. My understanding is that one of the reasons that governments have taxed cigarettes is because they're harmful. And the reason that people continue to smoke them is because of the nicotine and because nicotine is addictive. And from what I can understand, strongly addictive. You made the point that some vape juice has nicotine and some doesn't. Is there an argument to say that if some types of vape juice don't have nicotine and therefore are not addictive, they shouldn't be taxed, they should be treated differently to vape juice that does have nicotine? Uh, that is an argument that we have heard, and there are some jurisdictions in the world that uh, tax vape juice at one level, and then they tax the nicotine content at a different level. To be able to do that, you need a very good system of actually being able to check this. In South Africa, there are literally hundreds of different flavors, uh, each one making their own claims, and uh, I don't think that we've got the... Uh, the, the laboratory infrastructure to be able to test all these things. Another thing that I think is important is this whole argument of on-ramping versus off-ramping. So the argument for off-ramping is that people who've been smoking their whole lives, cigarettes can't quit, uh, give them a less uh, um, harmful alternative. And for some people, it actually does make sense. And uh, if someone from... Um, uh, the um, pro-vaping organization would have come along. That would be their main argument. However, if you go onto a vaping website and you look at those, uh, the way that the products are being advertised, they are not being advertised necessarily as uh, quitting devices. They are very, very attractive products with very interesting and good names. I can just give you some names. Mint ice, grape ice, watermelon, vanilla, mandarin cinnamon, candy floss, zesty lemon. Those are uh, flavors that are not aimed at getting smokers who are smoking cigarettes to quit smoking cigarettes and to rather vape. Those are uh, very attractive flavors, especially for youth. And within the youth, the most important um, aspect of vaping is not the nicotine content, but rather the flavors. So we would argue that um, even if a vape does not contain nicotine, but has got an interesting and non-tobacco type flavor, that that is very attractive to non-smokers, and that would be attractive to um, 
youth who would then start smoking these uh, vape products. And at some point in time, that is, there's a significant risk that they are either going to go for a nicotine product uh, in terms of vaping, and even worse, to go for normal cigarettes in order to be able to get their fix. Professor Kornef and Velbeck, really do appreciate the time. Thank you very much indeed. Professor in the School of Economics at the University of Cape Town, an expert on excise in terms of tax imposed on cigarettes. Uh, 12 minutes now to nine. In a moment, Dr. Sharon Inyatsanza, Deputy Director of the National Council Against Smoking. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continuing your mediated conversation this morning about the tax on vape juice, which of course is used in vaping. Dr. Sharon Inyatsanza is the Deputy Director of the National Council Against Smoking. Dr. Inyatsanza, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Government is trying to use taxes to influence behaviour, to influence smoking behaviour, to reduce smoking. Is that still working and is it going to work for vaping? So yes, uh, tax actually is still the most effective way to actually regulate uh, human behavior, um, and it will work for uh, you know for even for vaping products. It will work even for uh, let's say for tobacco products. So uh, we definitely we do applaud national treasury actually for coming in this time and closing the regulatory loophole, because currently in South Africa, issues are not being regulated at all. So this tax actually is the first time that we actually see regulation coming in. And I think it's necessary and it's also urgent. If you look at studies in South Africa, so definitely the, you know, the controversy on cigarettes will go on. But if you look at South African studies, we see that we already have a problem. Uh, there was a study called the GATS, the Global Adult Tobacco Survey, which was uh, launched, the key finding we launched last year. And they showed that you know, these products actually are most popular between 15 and 24. Not, uh, they're not even popular, uh, that popular comparably to the, to the older uh, to the older generation. And I think there's also a pilot study. Uh, actually, there's a pilot study by Professor Van Sil Smith from UCT. And he also raised uh, findings, raised serious concerns because he's seeing a lot of high, high school addiction. 60% of the high school kids who actually were suffered actually vape within the first hour of, of waking up. And um, 23% cannot go throughout the school day without vaping. So we definitely have a problem. And from the National Council of Smoking, we have been doing school visits, school talks. We're getting a lot of calls from, you know, parents, teachers, you know, principals, you name it. And they are really seeing a growing problem of, of youth use um, of this product. Um, the vaping industry is really owned by the cigarette industry, the tobacco industry. They say vaping is much safer and it's presented as a medical intervention, that it's safer to do this. If you're addicted, it's safer to do this. Is it a medical intervention? As you say, the cigarette industry actually dominates the tobacco industry. And if it were a medical intervention and you know proven to do so, then it's supposed to be actually done under, for example, a prescription. We see countries like Australia, for example, where you cannot buy e-cigarettes with nicotine without a prescription. But in South Africa, for that to happen, you have to go through SAPRA. It has to be tested, it has to be approved. And the industry, the same industry which claims this is a medical intervention, has actually escaped those, those uh, you know, kind of regulations and instead introduced this product as a consumer product, not a medical product. So they introduced it as a, as a consumer product. And by taxing it, by even the bill that is now before parliament regulating it, they are now trying to put in place measures to ensure that we don't see a new generation of addicts coming up. At the same time, we don't ban the product. Adults can still use it, but... It has to be a balanced approach. We have to stop the kids from starting to smoke because as studies are showing us, 
kids who start vaping are three times more likely to go on to smoke even the traditional cigarettes. Hmm. Um, do you believe we should be taxing vaping even more than we're going to do? I mean, there must become a point at which the tax sort of doesn't have an impact anymore. So definitely, like, uh, we couldn't care with what, uh, you know, Prof. Van Balbeck was just, uh, you know, speaking about about, you know, the 290 milliliters does not really have an impact on our ability when it comes to the small, you know, for example, the three milliliters, the, you know, the five milliliters, which actually are very popular among the kids. So we do, do actually agree with the proposal to set a flow of 50 rand per unit. At the same time, we also propose that there must be a, a ceiling that above 50 mils, there actually should be a ceiling of, you know, in terms of tax so that we don't see, um, you know, we don't see a position where, for example, 200 mils of e-cigarettes actually get too much tax on them as well. So definitely there is a lot of controversy. It is really complex. And unlike cigarettes, you know, uh, where we have almost the same kind of comparable product with vaping, the products are so many. Each and every time you, know, you go into a shop, you go online, you see that there are newer and newer innovations you know, coming to play. So definitely there is a lot of factors to consider, but we believe that, you know, this actually is the first step. It's a very important step, and we applaud National Treasury for introducing a tax on this harmful product. Um, what's happening in other countries? I mean, I presume they've got the same kind of questions. Should we do this? Should we do it like that? Is the same happening now? Yes, yeah, so definitely they... Uh, if we look closely, though, yes, there is a lot of, you know, should we do it this way or not? But if you look closely, you start to see that there actually is a trend that is starting to happen. So we have countries like Australia that I mentioned before, you cannot buy eight device prescription. They actually now banned, they're trying to ban the non-nicotine ones as well. So they're saying, so if they're non-nicotine, uh, they, don't, they don't save the people according to their situation. We have countries like Sweden, for example, um, I think we did see a lot of recent articles around Sweden uh, in, in Southern media. And Sweden actually regulates e-cigarettes very tightly. For example, where you cannot smoke, you cannot vape. But they actually, I think, they allow much more flavors in the jurisdiction. And then we have a country like the U.S., which actually is very tough on flavors. They really, really go down to ban to stop all kinds of flavors except the tobacco flavors. And one of the key reasons, obviously, is the big concern that um, these products actually may be used as a gateway product. And then we have countries like Uganda, countries like Ethiopia, you know, you know, near at home, which actually have just banned the product because it's not, it's not very popular yet in those jurisdictions. So they actually have said we don't want to go there and they just have banned the product. For South Africa, we still to see, because the bill is only an introductory phase. The bill is actually what will empower the minister to go on and make regulations which will specify exactly how e-cigarettes will be how they will be dealt uh, and how they will be regulated. But if you look at the bill, you see that South Africa actually strictly regulating e-cigarettes, regulate the packaging, make sure that they're health warnings, regulating, for example, the nicotine content, how much nicotine. And some of these, these measures actually are the same globally. It's just that, uh, you know, some kind of a little bit, um, you know, they are banning, others are regulating, and then others are just saying we can only allow with the prescription. Those really are the three uh, popular things that we're starting to see that is a trend. 
Dr. Sharon Yatsanza, thank you. Deputy Director, Gen- Deputy Director of the National Council Against Smoking. Really do appreciate the time today. My thanks also to Professor Corne van Volbeek, the Professor at the School of Economics at the University of Cape Town, an expert, of course, on excise and taxes on issues like tobacco. Unfortunately, our guest from the vaping industry, uh, from an organization, unable to join us at the last minute today. I did know that this was going to happen to us one day on a mediated conversation when you look at the problems we're having around connectivity. As we started the show, I am reminded of the fact that uh, I told you that Vodacom has spent, spent 4 billion rand on backup for their backup systems for their cell phone towers. MTN spent a huge amount of money as well. So sell C, of course. So that just does tell you some of the problems that we've been having around connectivity and communication during this time. Well, we, of course, will see you tomorrow. I'm expecting another busy day for various reasons. The double bester case back in court today. I think that that's going to be a big issue. Conversations, I'm sure, around Russia and Ukraine will continue as well. We will see you tomorrow from uh, Stanza, Banyana, uh, Zelma, Mdu, myself look after yourself enjoy your tuesday you with sfm leading the conversation nine o'clock